welcome to Christian Faith Center Slavic Campus Podcast. Our prayer is that you are blessed and encouraged by this message. For more information, you can visit experiencecfc.com. God bless. Good afternoon, church. Come on, let's give the Lord another big hand. God deserves all the glory. God is so good. My name is Pastor Paul. If we have not met, would love to meet you directly following service in the foyer. And uh, what a good day to be together. Amen. What a good day to be in church. And I just want to reiterate, if you didn't grab one of these last week, if you missed it, grab it. Great production that our team put together. There's QR codes, very interactive material um, here. Also, on the seats that you had, um, you can grab a, a pledge card and do that. And I just want to remind, as Pastor Jordan mentioned, um, this is the way we fuel the vision that's in this booklet. So as, as we pledge, really, it's just a commitment. You're not giving anything today. It's a commitment to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to believe God that I can do this every month. I could do this to support the vision. And sometimes we can look around and think, well, what can we do? Um, and many of you guys are already kingdom builders. You're already part of it. You're already giving to it, believing for the vision. And I will tell you this much. This year, Sasha and I, my wife and I, we're going to, we're also stretching ourselves to be able to, to uh, believe God for more and grow together with the church. Um, and I just want to say our location, Caldwell location with our three services here, where was the second top giving location to kingdom, kingdom builders last year out of all our facilities. We can give the Lord a hand. So God is using our church, our fellowship to really propel the kingdom of God uh, and be part of this great vision. So it's such an amazing thing that we can do. Before I get into the word today, I want to do something special. Um, I want to call up um, uh, a sister of ours here uh, to the front. Пожалуйста, можете выходить. И она хочет засвидетельствовать. She's gonna say a testimony. It's gonna be in Russian. So if you don't speak, uh, if you don't speak Russian, you might have to find somebody that can translate for you sitting on your row. So uh, <laughs> you could do that really quick. You know, we have a few here. Um, so uh, other than that, пожалуйста, поделись вашим свидетельством, переживанием. Приветствую вас, дорогая церковь. Я извиняюсь, я буду говорить по-русски. И сегодня я хотела бы коротко поделиться с вами свидетельством о Божьем чуде, которое произошло в нашей семье 11 января. И это касается нашего сына, ему 20 лет. В тот день было, были очень плохие погодные условия, был сильный туман, скользкая дорога, и, как обычно, он поехал на работу. Это было между 5 и 6 утра, раннее утро. И в какой-то момент его машину стало очень сильно заносить на дороге, и он оказался на встречной полосе, где произошло сильное столкновение, в котором в итоге столкнулось семь машин. И больше всего пострадала машина нашего сына, и когда мы увидели спустя там каких-то пару часов видео и фото с той аварии, и мы были просто в шоке, что от передней части машины практически ничего не осталось, но как чудеснейшим образом Господь сохранил жизнь нашего сына, что он вышел оттуда своими ногами, и у него не было ни одного перелома, ни одной серьезнейшей травмы, и за исключением царапины стеников, и... Слава Иисусу, как благ и велик, и милостив наш Господь, 
И для нашей семьи это действительно великое Божье чудо. И мы также благодарны всей семьей за тех всех людей, которые там столкнулись, и также Господь усмотрел их жизни, и все они также целы, невредимы, никто не пострадал, слава Иисусу. И, друзья, я хотела бы сказать, непрестанно молитесь за своих родных и близких, и вы увидите, какие великие чудеса творит наш великий Господь. Спасибо за внимание. Это... Да, пожалуйста, пройди. Друзья, давай сейчас просто поблагодарим вместе с этой семьей, порадуемся вместе. Вот наш красавчик идет. Ну ты рад? Ты рад, как все получилось? Да. Бог сохранил? Аллилуйя, Jesus, guys. Давайте, let's just stretch our hands forward. Протянем руки, помолимся. Father God, we just worship you right now, Lord. We just bless this family, God, this miracle that they've experienced, God. We just bless, God, that your calling would be on this young man's life in the name of Jesus, God. We pray, Father God, that you would just uh, speak and move in his life in the name of Jesus. Bless the whole family, Father God, Lord, and, and what you're doing in their lives, God. Something special, Lord. We thank you for your protection. We pray that everything gets resolved in Jesus' name. Amen. Man. Спасибо, спасибо большое. Thank you, guys. All right, well, we've just been having some church today, right? Already 47 minutes into this service and just getting started. I have four points today, so you better buckle up. All right, if you're planning to make it the Chinese buffet, Put it off for about half an hour because they bring fresh crabs and chicken every so often, all right? So you, you'll get there in time. But today, guys, uh, we're continuing in the message series, It's a New Day. It's a New Day. And uh, last week, or yeah, last week we talked about vision uh, for our church for the year 2023. We talked about the vision that's over our house, the grace that we have to multiply to start locations, and that God has blessed us with that vision. And um, a lot of that is in this booklet uh, that I showed earlier. And we talked about taking new territories or going to new neighborhoods as a church. But today I want to talk about taking new ground. So if you're taking notes, that's the title of the message. Taking new ground personally in your life. Amen? Personal in your life. Because I believe that's the will of God for us as believers. You know, as believers, we are called to advance. We're called to take new ground. And uh, we're not called to stand still. We're not called to go backwards. We're called to be an advancing people. Matter of fact, you know, I believe that being a believer, a born-again Christian, is, is your life turns anything but boring. When you become a believer, your life becomes so interesting to where, I mean, it's even a journey to go to Costco or Albertsons, you know. You go to the store and you have things that happen around you that's like, whoa, you know, I just met a person I didn't see a long time ago. Or God used me to bless somebody. Or God used me to talk to someone else. Life with Jesus is never boring. Life in faith with God, walking after him, is never boring. And he calls us to advance forward as believers. Now I want to say this, the border of your destiny or where God's taking you 
is the front line of your enemy. Now, what I mean by that is where God wants to take you or what you see when you start moving through life. You know, I wish... This is how faith works. I wish that we believed in God, we got saved, we prayed a prayer, we got baptized, and life was lemonade. I wish everything was smooth sailing. But that's not how it works, right? What happens is you, you, you believe on the Lord, you get saved, you get filled with the Spirit, you're really excited, and then you come across opposition. And you think, Lord, am I doing something wrong? Why do I feel like I have to be opposed by the enemy? Well, that is your destiny to advance the borders of the territory God's placed you in. God doesn't only want you to believe on Sundays. He wants your Mondays. He wants your Tuesdays. He wants your Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. And he wants your Saturday nights. He wants those nights that you're so used to out going partying. He wants those nights. He wants, to make, he wants to make him his. He wants to get your attention. He wants to be the main attraction in your life. And it takes time. It takes a fight to face the enemy that's really bordering around us. And I want to read from Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to read the first nine verses of this scripture. And uh, we're going to pray and we're going to receive some word today uh, from this passage. Joshua 1. Verse 1, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. I promised you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on the land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north. From the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. What a promise. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead the people of it, uh, these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate them from them to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Father, we come before you right now. And I all pray, Father God, that you inspire this message by your spirit and you make us people that advance forward. You make us people that go after expanding the territory of the kingdom of God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> you know, in the Bible, we see Jesus talking about examples. And he likens uh, heaven and the spiritual realm to a kingdom. And he starts teaching kingdom principles and we know in a kingdom there are strongholds in a kingdom there's leadership 
In a kingdom, there is a lordship. And Jesus is the Lord over our kingdom. And we as his people are called to also live in certain territories. Just like the people of God were living in territories. A territory has, has or a kingdom has territories. So regardless if we find ourselves somewhere or not, know this, that we are part of a kingdom under the lordship of Christ. The first thing I want to say is this, in order to be people that take ground personally in your life, you must know the time and the place. You must know the time and the place. Verse 2 says this, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, so God is speaking to Joshua. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. Timing. Have you ever struggled with timing? Any parents in the house? Every parent. Just raise your hand really quick. We got some parents. Yeah. Many of us are parents. I'm a parent too. And if your kids are anything like mine, whenever we're trying to get out of the house and get them ready for school, we get them cereal on the table, they take their time eating. They're eating the cereal box. And you're like, hurry up. We're late. Right? It seems like every time we're in a hurry, they're taking their time. And then every time you're driving somewhere and they, they think you're taking too long, what's the question that they ask? Are you there yet? See, we have the same type of children. Our children do the same thing. They ask, are we there yet? And our kids, they're really smart. One of my daughters, she's like, well, how much longer till we get there? And I say, well, 23 and a half minutes. And three and a half minutes later, she asks, how much longer till we get there? And God forbid you mess up on your time. Oh, you get it. Right? And so we always have this struggle with time. But what, they don't, what our kids don't realize is that their time doesn't carry our action. It's not their time that's most important. It's actually our will. Right? We're in charge. We got the steering wheel. We're driving. We're going. They're running on our will, on our time clock. Not we, not, not, not we're running on their time clock. They're running on our time clock. And we must understand also in God's economy, there are times and places God has destined for movement to happen in your life. I believe you might look at this year of 2023 and think, well, I don't know what is up. But let me tell you something. There is a time and a place that God has destined in the year 2023 for your life. And he wants to fulfill his will in your life. You see, it was God's time and God's place that brought God's divine favor. When the time has come, God pulled him aside and said, hey, Moses, or hey, Joshua, the time has come. Come, Moses, my servant, is dead. The favor of God was released over Joshua's life when the timing happened. You see, we need to understand that we are also uh, on God's time clock. He doesn't just respond to our, to our um, uh, mishaps and fits. But Jesus is actually not just reacting and responding to us, but he is ruling and reigning over the world today. Listen, I don't know what you saw on CNN last night. And oftentimes when we turn on the news, we get bombarded with the news like, oh my goodness, what have people done? Boże moi, Boże moi. God, don't you see what the world has done and what the laws that they're passing and the things that are happening and the war taking place. God, don't you see these things? I have news for you. God sees everything. He's actually in charge. 
And when we start getting, uh, getting filled with this chaos and thinking we're just all by ourselves on a planet in the cosmos somewhere, I have news for us. Jesus is on the throne. He's in charge, and he's determined times and places for his advancement. He's determined his will, heaven's will, to pass on this, on this earth. The devil would want to get believers into a place where they're driven by the fear of what they see in the world and not realizing that they answer to God. Not realizing that they're under the lordship of Christ. Not realizing Jesus sees everything. The devil can pretend to be all-powerful and almighty, but Jesus is on the throne and he's ruling and reigning. Can I get a big amen? Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 10, look what it says here. For we are God's masterpiece. You know what that means? What you saw in the mirror this morning is God's masterpiece. You might look at yourself and think, I'm too big, I'm too skinny, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too bald, I'm too whatever. But the Bible says you're his masterpiece. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you're a masterpiece. That's what the Bible says. It says, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Ephesians 2 tells us that things don't just happen at random. But things happen according to the time and to the place that God has ordained. Listen, this means that what you're going to go through this next year has something that has been written by God years and years ago. I don't know about you, it's encouraging to me. Just imagine yourself that you're in a place to where God has ordained your path. Everything you do was already written in his plans for your life. Listen, you got to get encouraged by this, not discouraged. I don't know how last year looked for you. You might feel like you failed. You might feel like you did, uh, did, did things wrong. But listen carefully. You need to know the time and the place. And God has a time and a place for your life. And he's not just going to be, begin a work in you and drop you where you're at. But he's going to lead it according to his plan. We need to trust him with that. In Jesus' name. I want to speak something over us today. I want to tell us this. That your train won't leave without you. If God has destined you to be on that train, if you're sensitive to the spirit, you hear it, you get on that train. You jump on that train. You know, one way or another, God's going to get you on the train. If you don't hear his voice to get on the train, you know what he's going to do? Zashkirku. And he's going to get you on the train because it's part of his purpose and his divine providence over your life. You see, because he wants you there. And so what I want to declare over us today is this. Now is the time. And this is the place to take new ground in your life. In Jesus' name. You know, the second thing we need to understand, besides knowing the time and the place, is to take new territory in our life, we must know the promise. Verse 3 says this, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. I love that. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. You know, there's nothing more powerful than a promise when it comes to taking ground in this life. 
You see, if, you don't, if you're not grounded on a promise from God or on the word of God, what happens is, is you have mixed emotions when you're coming up to a situation. You start thinking, well, is this from the Lord or is this not from the Lord? Well, is God, is this your will or is this not your will? God, I don't feel really good today. I had my coffee. I feel like it's the will of God. I didn't have my coffee. It's probably not God's will. Right? And we're driven by emotion, not by the promise of God. It's so important to understand God's promise. And God speaks to Joshua and reminds him of his promise. He says, I promise you what I promised Moses. You know, in order for us to understand the promise of God, we need to get into the promise of God. Listen, you, you're complaining about not knowing God's will for your life, but you haven't picked up the Bible in, in two months. Listen, you need to be in the book of promises, just like Jesus, just like God told Joshua. He said, hey, be courageous, be strong, but be careful to not get out of the word. Stay in the word that Moses gave you. Do not go to the left or to the right. You see, my friends, we need to be courageous and we need to be strong in the promise of God. We need to get into his word. We need to listen to what he wants to do in our lives. You see, Joshua received a promise from heaven. And we need to also receive a promise from heaven for our lives. And as believers, we have that access. And I want to ask you these questions. You can write them down. Remember them. You don't have to say it out loud. But what's the promise over your life personally? What's the promise over your life and the second question, what are you holding on to right now? What's your foundation right now? Or maybe what's that thing that you're holding on that's keeping you from the promise that God wants to give you in your life? Listen, every one of us has the same access to the promises of God that Joshua did. We need to realize, listen, Joshua was not more holier than we are today. Listen, we actually have it better in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, than Joshua did in the Old Testament. Listen, in the New Covenant, Joshua, everything the Bible says that happened in the Old Testament was pointing forward to Jesus. We have a new covenant by the blood of Jesus, by the grace of God, that through him today, we can attain the promises of God. We can attain the righteousness of God and the holiness of God through Jesus. Somebody shout amen. Come on, that is good news. Listen, in the Old Testament, they would have to follow these rules and regulations. Today, we're already the righteousness of God in Christ. And listen, don't think that you can earn somehow the righteousness before the Lord. You can't. Apart from Jesus, nothing can happen. And so in Jesus, we have all these promises in him. Our yes and amen as well. The same promises Abraham had. The same promises King David had. The same promises disciples had. We have as well. Do not shortchange yourself. Do not look at the lack of all your abilities and think that they're not for you. God's promises are for you as well. But in order for us to continue forward, I want to give us two things that are vital if we want to be a person that takes new territory through promises. And so the first thing is this, every promise has a parameter. Every promise has a parameter. I'm just going to um, speak into this a little bit. You see, God's promise was powerful. It was a powerful promise, but it also contained a parameter. 
And what I mean by this is this. Verse 3, look. Look what it says. Everywhere you step, it will be your land. God tells Joshua. Verse 4 says this. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. Almost every promise in scripture is contingent on God's, on God's parameters. Come on, you can't have, listen, I've talked to many believers or people born in Christian homes. They're like, oh, God loves me. Jesus loves me. He, he wants to bless my life. Listen, absolutely, he wants to bless you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to give you everything you need. He wants to prosper your life. But that's all in Christ. If you have not uh, repented of your sin, turned to Jesus, if you not have received him as your Lord and Savior, listen, you could forget about the rest. Listen, many people want a blessed relationship. They want to have a great relationship with their spouse or with the person that they like. But they start, they start dabbling in sexual intimacy outside of marriage. Let me tell you, God's not going to bless sin. You got quiet in this Baptist church. Come on, get a little loud. Amen? Listen, it ain't popular preaching, but it's the truth. Listen, God will not bless our sin, anything apart from his will. Listen, once we need, to, we need to get aligned with the parameters that he's given us. He says, I'll be with you, be strong and courageous, as long as you're in the territory I've cut out for you. Listen, uh, an old pastor friend of mine uh, uh, years ago told me this story. He was an evangelist on a missionary in a different area, uh, of, uh, in a different country. And he says there was this teaching that came across uh, that area where he lived. And the teaching was like this charismatic wave of name it, claim it type deal. You know, like you, you believe it, God, we're sons and daughters. He wants to bless you. Just claim whatever you want and God will give it to you. So these folks, they really liked his house. They were like, hey. We like this house. So they, they came to, the play, to, to his house, to this pastor's house, and they started walking around it, like around Jericho. They were claiming the house for themselves. They're like, oh, Lord, we want this house, Lord. We want this house, Lord. And they were walking around. And so this pastor, he's sitting in there. He's like, my God, like, they're going to take my house. Like, these guys are persuaded. So he's like, didn't think twice. He saw they came on a new car. He went over there around the Zhigul, and he's like, give me this car, Lord. Give me this car, Lord. And when they saw this guy out there walking around their brand new car, they said, please, please don't. Don't do this. Let's, let's just split separate ways. You keep your house. We keep our car. You see, we, 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 can, we can try to take promises of God and try to apply them to whatever thing we think up of. But that's not how the promises of God works. Amen? They work in the parameters that he's placed in Scripture. Listen, God wants to heal you. He wants to bless you. He wants to make you whole. He wants to forgive you. He wants to uh, bless you with his grace, with his mercy, sanctify you, give you his righteousness. I feel sorry for the translator today. I'm going fast. He wants to give you everything for life and godliness, but that's not apart from Jesus. You need the Lord first in your life. Then you can receive all the blessings of God. Without Jesus, without the sacrifice, without repentance, without giving your life to the Lord... We don't have the extension of the blessing of God over our lives. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you stay in the parameters that I gave you. 
That's what the Lord tells him. We must obtain God's promises within God's parameters. Some of us, we, I'm just going to spend a little more time. I know I'm, I'm running short here. But this is, this is interesting. Some of us, we want to be blessed financially. Oh, Lord, bless me financially. Do all these things. And, and we're business owners, right? And we, we run things. But listen, if you're ripping off your employees that are working for you, and then you're making extra money off of them and saying, oh, I'm blessed. Listen, you're wrong. That's what you are. That's not right because you need to do it God's way. God will bless you either way as long as you stay in the parameters. Listen, for a season it might seem like you're doing the right thing, but treat, you got you to gotta do it fairly. You got to do it right. God will never force you to do things that are outside his, the consciousness he's given you. He's not going to force you to step on people to get the will of God done. Listen, I've seen people to say, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, God's called me to start a church. And they go split a church to go start. Listen, if you're splitting families, if you're hurting people, you got issues. Listen, you, you, you've, you've heard the wrong God. <laughs> you've heard from the wrong place. Listen, the call of God might be on your life, but it's the wrong call. Imagine Joshua. Just, just let's go here for a moment, all right? I know this is sketchy territory, but I'm going to go here. Imagine Joshua. Joshua's in the desert, right? Um, 40, years prior, 40 years prior to this moment, he goes to the, with the spies. Remember, they go, they send spies into the promised land. Two of them believe, Caleb and Joshua. The rest say, we can't take him. We can't go. There's giants in the land. Imagine if Joshua said, you know what, Moses? You know what, people of Israel? You guys are all pansies. You guys are all weak sauce. Like, you don't believe God. I believe God. I heard from the Lord. We can take the promised land. And imagine if he just went off by himself. What would have happened? Destruction would have happened. Because it wasn't the time and the place. You see, the promise was correct. God wanted to enhance him. God wanted to bless him. But it was 40 years later. You see, sometimes God will speak to us. And that's why it's so important to be sensitive to the spirit. It might be the right thing, but just the wrong time. And so we must go in the right time. We must go when he leads us as well. In Jesus' name. Every promise, every, God's promises are empowered with heaven's parameters. Listen, if you look at last year and you say, man, last year was a wash. It was just a flop. I, 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 just, I, I, I was leaning on the promises of God. I was believing God, but I didn't see him come through. God doesn't hear my prayers. Listen, instead of complaining about God's promises, why don't you start checking your life to align it with God's parameters? Maybe you're, as, you're asking the Lord for him to bless you, but you're out of his parameters. He says, hey, get your life in line with, with me. Get your relationship right with me. Get your life right with me. And I will give you all those things. You see, sometimes we're leaning into the wrong things. We need to lean into his parameters and not get discouraged. Listen, he will make it happen. It's a new day. This is your year. Advance within the parameters God has given you and he'll be blessed. Go everywhere your foot touches as long as it's the parameters of God. And the second thing is this. This is still point number two. <laughs> Every promise has a people. Imagine Joshua with his people. I already mentioned this earlier. 40 years prior, he sees that his people, his people, what were they? They, were, they had disbelief. They didn't believe. They were afraid. He wasn't afraid. They were afraid. And what happens is, is that they kept them in the desert. The people stayed in the desert, not because God didn't want to lead them out, because they were afraid of what was to come. 
And I, I, I want to I share a word with us right now. And the word is this. The people around you can either paralyze you, your promise, or propel you into it. If you find yourself in a place where God is moving in your life and Sunday you're worshiping and Sunday you're filled and Sunday you want to take over the world and serve God and then on Monday you go back to work or you talk to your friends on the phone or wherever and they suck the life out of you. Where you're like, I don't know about the call of God by, by Tuesday afternoon anymore for your life. Change your friends. Change the people you're surrounded by. If, if the surrounding, the group that you're a part of is taking those things, listen, you got to start praying for some good people to surround you. Nine times out of ten, I see people go backwards because of their people. Because of those that surround them. Listen, some of you, maybe it's your first time here or maybe you've been here for some time now. God wants to plant you in this house because people here are going to propel you into his promise. Listen, that's the difference. That's the, because, you know, I believe our church and I want our church to be a place where we can raise leaders, raise pastors, raise evangelists and send them out. We're a house that believes in that. We're a house that wants to have faith in that. Listen, there's always going to be problems. There's always going to be insufficiencies. But we want to believe that God can make a way. The third thing we need to understand in order to take new territory is that we need to know the power. We need to know the power. Verse 5 says this. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Listen, it's so important to know the power of God. And I want to tell you this. Listen, it's interesting as God is speaking to Joshua, he's not saying that Joshua, I'm going to give you this promise, but... Here in a couple days, you're going to have the Jordan River. Joshua, I'm going to give you this promise, but after the Jordan River, there's what? Jericho. And by the way, there are giants in the land, Joshua. And by the way, there are other issues that you're going to face. And by the way, the people are going to grumble. And by the way, you're going to have lots of other questions. God, don't you think this is an important detail to miss out? God deliberately doesn't allow Joshua to focus on the problems, but he only gives him the promise. Listen, some of us are stuck, are stuck in one place because our eyes are on the problems that surround us, not on his promise. If we can get the musicians up here, or Diana, you can, you can, you can start hopping up here. Listen, Joshua had an encounter with God. He had, a, he had an encounter with God where he started understanding his power. And for Joshua, the main thing was, is God, if you're with us, we'll be okay. No problems are going to stand in the way. You know what happens when problems are in front of us? We start thinking about where God wants to take us. We're like, oh, where are the finances going to happen? What is my family going to think? What's going to happen here? And you know what happens? It blinds our vision. And all these problems are in front of us. And where are we going to go this way? You're blind. We're not going to go anywhere. There was a reason why God showed or told him the promise but not the problems he was prepping him for the problems the whole time they were in the desert he was working on his life but he was showing him to focus on the power 
not the problems. Listen, why is it important to understand the power of God? Because listen, the promise will get you to the promised land, but the power will keep you there. I'm going to say it one more time. The promise will get you there. The power will keep you there. God will focus his power on the person that focuses on his power. If you're taking notes, that's a biggie. God will focus his power on the person that folk is focused on his power. You see, problem focus will cause you to doubt, will cause you to fear, will cause you to hesitate, will cause you to go stagnant. Power focus will help you overcome. It will help you occupy. It will help you advance. If we focused on problems as a church, we would not be here today. If I said, Lord, Lord, we, we can't start this home. I need a building. I need finance. I, Lord, I can't do these things. And I just sat in my closet. Nothing would have happened. If you and I, if we didn't get together and step out and believe God and say, we're going to make this happen. We're going to make a thriving church in the Treasure Valley. We're going to believe, we're going to reach the lost. We're going to get, we're going to see deliverance happen, healing happen. We're going to see these things happen. We're going to believe God. Listen, God will increase that. He will give us the power. Why? Because we're focused on his power. If all we do is murmur and complain and sit on our seats and say, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to happen. We're not going to see the miracles of God happen. I got to hurry up here. Listen, if God promises, if God's promise is in you, then his power is on you. Focus on what? On that. And as you do, you'll take new ground. The power is vital. It keeps you there. You know, I... It's so important. We can continue talking about that. But I just, I want to focus on one more point. My fourth point is this. Joshua, Joshua, he was different than everyone else. And as I was studying the scripture again, this is something new the Lord showed me. Something differentiated Joshua from other people. Listen, there were two million people in the desert, estimated. Millions of people at this time. And Joshua had to lead him in to the promised land. Why did God choose Joshua over everyone else? You know why? Because he knew the presence of God. You need to not only know the time and the place. You need to not only know the, pres the, the, the promise of God. You need, need to not only know the power of God. You need to know the presence of God. And the presence of God, it separates the men from the boys. The presence of God, it makes the difference in a person's life. Listen, when we read about Joshua, we see in Exodus chapter 33, there was a place of, a tent of meeting. God was talking to Moses face to face. And the Bible says all, everybody was outside their own tents. Joshua was outside the tent where God was talking to Moses. And during this time, the Bible says, as Moses left the tent, Joshua stayed at the tent. Joshua, what were you doing at the tent? Joshua, right? Joshua, why were you so curious to know God? Listen, I, I want to show us something. All two million people, plus or minus, saw the cloud by day and the fire by night. All these people saw the manna on the ground every day. All these people experienced goosebumps during worship. 
All these people saw the power of God move and felt the glory. All these people had shoes that never wore out. I don't know what brand they were, but they didn't wear out for 40 years. They had clothes that didn't rip. This is scripture. Every one of these people experienced God. They saw the power of God. But yet only Joshua was curious to know the one who's giving these gifts to them. Joshua was interested not only just to experience goosebumps. Joshua was not only interested to get filled. Joshua was interested to know. And while everybody was experiencing and, and be, living a blessed life in the desert, Joshua was by the tent trying to understand God. Listen, I believe this is a word over our house today is this. You must not only see the power, you must know him intimately. You must know the presence of God in your life. Listen, I don't know about you. I don't want to just experience God. I don't just want to experience goosebumps. I don't want to experience just a feeling and say, oh, that was a good Sunday. I don't want to just experience him on stage or down in the pew. I don't want to just experience his blessings. But there is a higher level. And the level is not only to experience, but to know intimately. And listen, when you start leaning in and you hear a word from God, you stop having any questions. You might have had a lot of issues and struggles. But when you hear God, all those things go away. All of it go away and you want more of him. You want to know him intimately. And I believe that's why God chose Joshua. You know, we're going to pray right now. We're going to stand to our feet. Let's go ahead and stand up. Listen, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know where you find yourself, where your heart is. If you're with God, if you're far away. If you've backslid or you need to recommit or you need to ask him to live in your heart. Listen, I know this, that he wants to meet you where you are. You might speak in Russian, Ukrainian, or English, or Spanish. Whatever language you speak, listen, he wants to meet you in the language where you are. Because he loves you. He doesn't just want to give you his blessings, his manna. He doesn't want to just bless you with shoes that never wear out. He doesn't want to just give you finances and give you his promises. But he wants to meet with you. And he wants to do it today. Today is the time and the place. He wants to find you. He wants to speak to you. He's the one that brought you here. Listen, you think you're here by accident. No, you're not. He wants to, you to experience him. But it's going to take you to open your heart, your mind, and your spirit and say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me, Lord. Come into my life. Shake me up. Lord, I need to understand you. I need to know you. I need to hear from you. And that cry of desperation, God answers. The Bible says he gives the Holy Spirit. He's with us forever. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. I want to pray for us right now and then we're going to worship. If you're here today and you need to receive Jesus, you need to get back into his parameters. You've been away from his parameters. You realize, man, I'm not in line with his word. I'm expecting God to bless me, but I'm in sin. I'm expecting God to bless me, but I'm not where he wants me to be. I want us to do this right now. Let's bow our heads. Let's honor the moment. Close our eyes. And if you're here right now and you need, and that's you, God's speaking to you. He wants to have a, a time with you right now. Just wherever you are, just lift your hand up, say, that's me. I need to get back to his parameters.